you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4. We're continuing our series, but this morning, uh, our passage is, is connected to what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about prayer, and, and, and Paul in his letter says, don't be anxious about anything, but in, in prayer uh, and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we, we look at that, uh, you know, be, don't be anxious about anything, and as we, you know, as we try to do that or we read that and we know we ought to do that, what we discover is that that's one of those phrases that's easier said than done. So last week we talked about uh, the, the topic of prayer and we looked at prayer and supplication and this week we're going to look at that word thanksgiving, that as we kind of develop this idea here of, of, of pr- you know, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that, that thanksgiving's kind of its own little topic here, that as we read it in the passage, and we'll read the text in its entirety here in just a second, but as we read it, it really adds a dimension to our prayer life when we think about this idea of being thankful. And so uh, as we read this, let's look at verse four, and we'll read verses four, five, and six together to kind of build on what we've been talking about. So the first, in verse four, we find the first practice, this idea of, of the practice of rejoicing. When he says, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice. Verse five, let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. That was, pra- that was practice two, the practice of gentleness. The end of chapter or verse five says the Lord is at hand. And that was the idea of, of his nearness to us, that one of the ways we help alleviate anxiety and worry in our life is to recognize that God is near to us. And then verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we Uh, bow before you today, Lord, and we want to thank you today just for the opportunity to be here together. I want to thank you for each and every person that's here with us today. Father, we thank you for each and every person who has passed through the doors of of this church. God, what they've meant to our congregation and to your kingdom and, and the work that is being done here. Father, we thank you today for your redemption. We thank you for uh, your sacrifice that Christ made on the cross for us, that we could be in right relationship with you, that we could be redeemed, that we would no longer be uh, children of, of, of wrath, but God, we would be sons of God, children of God. And Father, we thank you for, for what that means to us, the implications that, that it's not just that we get to pray a prayer and, 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 and have a, a, a salvation, experience, but God, that it is life, that you have given us life, that you breathe life into us. What was once dead is now alive in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for that. God, that we are not who we were, but God, we are who you are creating us to be. And Father, we pray that we would I pray, God, that we would give you uh, the, 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 the authority or, or, or just allow you to come in and make the changes in us that, that we stand in need of. Father, for some of us, Lord, it's this, this anxiety and this worry, and Lord, it impacts all of us to varying degrees. And Lord, it's one of those things that as we think about it, Father, and we step back and we, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
that God, if you are for us, what can be against us? And Father, that we would start living life with a victorious attitude, that we'd start clinging to these promises and doing the things that your word commands us, that we would rejoice in you, that we would be gentle, God, that we would acknowledge your nearness to us. Father, that we would turn to you in prayer and God, that we would be thankful, that we would have a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving in our hearts because God, you are good. And even in the midst of our most difficult situations in life, God, you are still a light that's shining in the darkness. And so Father, we pray this morning as we look at this topic of thankfulness and what your word has to say about it, Lord, I pray that you might give us thankful hearts. That maybe today we might have walked in with some bitterness or some angst. Maybe we walked in today with some worry or some stress or some anxiety. But I pray that we would know who you are. God, we would acknowledge that you are that nothing is impossible with you. And that God, you might give us your peace that passes all understanding, knowing that you are in control of all things. Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for your word that tells us so much about you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that even, that, that even enlightens us more and more as it teaches us and guides us through your word and, and through life. And so Father, we ask your blessings on our service this morning. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive what you have for us today. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. These words, with thanksgiving, as I mentioned earlier, add a dimension to our, to our prayers. No matter what our, our, our circumstances, no matter what crisis we're experiencing, no matter what concerns we may have, there are always things we can be thankful for. But we have to discover them, we have to acknowledge them, we have to focus on them, and we, and we have to thank God for them. Otherwise, as we've been talking about a lot through this series, the things that are closest to us are the things that are gonna get most attention. So for us, you know, our anxieties and our worries are really close at hand. Like it's not something that, that we kind of see coming on the horizon. The thing that kind of creates a lot of this worry, anxiety, and, and these emotional things that we deal with are things that are really close to our hearts and, and close to us. But we have to, 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 to tweak that because giving thanks is essential to our health. We're gonna talk about some studies here in just a little bit about this idea, even in secular research, that's giving, that, that, it, that there is evidence, empirical evidence, that, a, that giving thanks and gratitude impacts our health. It impacts our physical health, it impacts our mental health, but it also impacts our spiritual health and our emotional health. And we can just throw all the healths into one and we would understand that having this grateful attitude impacts our, our health. And so I want to give us this morning three truths uh, about gratitude, or we call it three aspects about gratitude, but there, there are three things about gratitude that I want us to leave here with this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this, that there is a theology of gratitude, that gratitude is not a man-made concept to make us feel better in moments where things are rough. That, 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 that thankfulness, gratitude, uh, thanksgiving is actually a thread that we find all through the fabric of the entirety of scripture. 
that gratefulness is all over the pages. But I want to give you a few examples just specifically with Paul, because Paul, despite all of his hardships, despite all his difficulties, and he learned to weave this concept of with thanksgiving into the fabric of his thinking. And gratitude appears all over his letters. In fact, he spoke of gratitude in in theological terms, like it was uh, as important as any other doctrine. That gratitude was something that we should put into practice. So Colossians, the next book in our Bibles, shows Paul's view on gratitude. In four chapters of Colossians, every chapter speaks of having thankful hearts or, or grateful hearts or having an attitude of thanksgiving. In one three, Paul write, in Colossians 1.3, Paul writes, we always thank God. Then down in verse 10 of chapter one, he commanded the Colossians to live a life worthy of the, of the, of the Lord and please him in every way. And as he continues verse 10 and verse 11 and verse 12, he gives us how to do that, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Colossians 2 continues. He says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which, you are indeed, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And in Colossians chapter four, verse two, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving isn't just, it's not just in Philippians, it's not just in in Colossians, that it weaves its way through the pages of scripture and it's interlaced into the Bible as fully as any other doctrine. Dr. Al Mohler uh, wrote this, he said, thanksgiving is a deeply theological act rightly understood. As a matter of fact, thankfulness is theology in microcosm a key to understanding what we really believe about God, ourselves, and the world we experience. So we find that there's a theology of gratitude, but there's also a psychology of gratitude. Harry Ironside said this, he said, we'd worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. And that means in simplest terms that you can instantly lessen the level of your anxiety by finding something that we can immediately thank God for. Instead of focusing on the bad, we focus on what we can be grateful for. We compile a list of of blessings and we we thank God for them. I don't know about you, but here's how my my night would go before bed, before I really started reading this book. I would would always, uh, excuse me, read a little bit and then I would begin praying. What I found myself praying for, I would pray for the things that weren't going well in life either personally or, or for other people. Uh, I would be thinking about folks in the church and things that they were, they were going through and I'd begin praying about that and then I'd be praying about my family. And, and you know, you start thinking about it. 
we have a whole lot of reasons to be anxious and worried, don't we? I mean, if you just kneel in prayer and you start praying and you start just telling God what naturally flows out of your heart and what easily flows out of your heart, it, it's all things that primarily, they, it deals with things that, that worry us, concern us, that we're stressing over, that we, and then, I don't know, me, I, I'm, I, I, for me, this is what happened. I'd be praying, and the next thing you know, like I'm laying in bed, and I'm sweating, and my heart is racing, because there's all these things that I'm worried about that I have absolutely no control over. I can't do anything about them. I do what I can do, and, and yet, you know, you, you want the perfect outcome of, of every situation, and sometimes no matter how hard you try, that perfect outcome is not going to come. And so you stress and you worry and, 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 you, and, you, and you try to think what's next. But we do that and we get to work. And then I would find myself suffering from insomnia because I got myself so worked up over things that I was, I was praying for. And Luke and I just happened to be walking through uh, Mardell's one day. And, and I like a good deal. And so they had these, these shelves of just bargain books. And I came across this book called Live More, Worry Less by Dr. Rob Morgan, who pastors uh, the Donaldson Church, a free Baptist church in Nashville, Tennessee. And I thought, you know, everything I've read from him is really good. And so I thought, I'm going to pick this like five bucks. And I thought, I waste that at McDonald's on a milkshake and french fries. So I'm going to buy this book. And so I get to my office, and that day I begin reading that book. And it was funny, as I read that first book, it was on a Wednesday, and I, first, I read that first chapter, and, and that day and the Thursday, I used that so much in, in, in different people coming and talking about the anxieties and different things that they're, that they're struggling with. And I kept reading, and I kept reading, and I kept highlighting, and I kept highlighting and underlining and circling and, and underlining some more. And, I, and as I, more and more we had these discussions, two things occurred to me. One, I needed this book as much as anybody did. I needed it. But two... It, it sparked an awareness that there's a lot of us struggling and wrestling through the same thing. Now, all that to say this, that this psychology of, 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 of thanksgiving or the psychology of gratitude it carries with it this idea that we, can, that we have the potential to change or lessen the level of our anxiety by finding things we can immediately be thankful for. I mentioned last week, uh, in, in, in last Sunday that our fridge went out and how I let that stupid refrigerator ruin a perfectly good Saturday. Why? Because that's what I, it, one, it was the thing closest to me Two, because I let it get in here and I just kept thinking and thinking and thinking about it. And then, I, you know, it, it, and it's silly. Like that is absolutely silly, but there's a lot of things in life that we worry about that, that are silly, that there are not things that really, what, what impact did that refrigerator have on the rest of my life? Not very many, but on Saturday, it was the single most important thing going on. Why? Well, because it was an inconvenience or whatever, whatever it may be. But I want you to picture a seesaw, right? So you remember those things as we were kids, seesaw? One of the most fun things we did as kids was find the biggest kid in the class or two kids and sit them on one side and get that momentum going that when they slammed into the, 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 the bottom, you went sailing up in the air, right? Not the smartest thing, but that's what we would do. We'd, we'd, we would try to do that. We'd stack kids on one side and we would get on the other side and we would try to fling one another up into the air. Now, ideally in a perfect world, you have two people, roughly the same mass, 
And they'd teeter-totter back and forth. But when you get, you know, when you're a boy and you're trying to find fun things to do, flying in the air sounds fantastic till someone gets hurt. But that's what, you know, you just kind of seahorse back and forth. Well, here's the deal. Thankfulness is like those two kids sitting on one side. If we will be thankful, it has the potential to fling our worries up and out of our minds. Not simple stuff, but here's what we have to do. Our natural tendency is to not be thankful. Our natural tendency is to wallow in self-pity. Oh, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. How's things going? We, here's a typical, you know, this may be Sunday conversation. You know, we come in, we say, hey, how are you doing? Fine, fine, fine. And we're really not fine. Like things aren't good. Like they're rough. And then sometimes like there'll be other times that you'll talk to someone and, and, and it goes something like this. You'll say, hey, how's things going? Well, and you're like, oh boy, should not have even said anything because you know exactly what's coming. Well, my dog died. My car got a flat tire. My refrigerator broke. My house burned down. Uh, and, and this just on and on. And by the time you're done, like, you're, you're, you're depressed. Like, you know, you're kind of broke down, but, but that's our kind of natural tendency is that we just have this. We think about those things that are freshest on our mind. And so, so for us, it's like anything else. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So Paul writes in, in Romans chapter 12, we need this transformation to take place. And sometimes this transformation that needs to take place, we've got to initiate some of this. Here's what God's word says. If God's word says it, this is what I need to do. And I need to be thankful. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start being thankful and making conscious efforts to be thankful in any, in, in, in any and every situation. So even when things are bad, I'm still, I can still find thankful. Yes, my refrigerator died, but my house did not burn down, Right? Now you think about that. I, I here's it, this is silly, but I, I looked underneath the refrigerator. Don't ever do that. Don't ever look under your refrigerator. Just don't do it. It is if if oh don't oh, don't do it. But I looked under it, and man, that thing was so full of dust and dirt. I'm thinking, man, it's no wonder that thing could have overheated and literally burned my house down. And at that moment, I should have, I didn't. Now, this is just full confession. I did not say, thank you, God, that my house did not burn down. You know what I did? I said, that's disgusting. If I had to clean it out, maybe I wouldn't have to buy a new refrigerator. You know, like, but, but be, we, we just be thankful and stuff. And so we, we create ourselves. Uh, and, and, and the weight of our blessings can often flip our worries in the air. And that's classic Christianity. But there's something interesting that has happened recently in the secular world. There is an entire science of gratitude that is written as experts are discovering the psychological, the psychological effects of gratitude. In fact, here's one of the foremost experts in this field, Dr. Robert Emons, and he says this about gratitude. We discovered scientific proof. Like this is not observations. He's saying this is scientific proof that when people regularly engage in, in a systematic cultivation, you can tell it's written by a scientist, when, they, when, they, when people regularly engage in a systematic cultivation of gratitude, they experience a variety of measurable benefits, psychological, physical, and interpersonal, so our relationships with other people. The evidence on gratitude contradicts the widely held view that all people have a set point of happiness that cannot be reset by any known means. 
So in other words, what he's saying is that for a long time, psychologists believe that there is a, a, a set point in your, uh, in, your, in your psyche that you could not be happier than, than this point. Luke's may be 100, mine may be 42, uh, uh, Randa's might be 56, but the thought in psychology was that you could never be happier than this set point of happiness that you were, you could call, say you were wired with or whatever the case may be. But here was his, here's a conclusion or a part of the conclusion of this report. In some cases, people have reported that gratitude led to transformative life change. That in these people, in this secular study, when they cultivated this spirit of gratitude or this practice of gratitude, that it led to transformative life change. We're not talking about I felt happier in a moment, but that my life got better because I cultivated this attitude. He goes on and he says, our groundbreaking research has shown that grateful people experience higher levels of positive emotion, big surprise there, such as joy, enthusiasm, love, happiness, and optimism. And get this, that the practice of gratitude as a discipline protects a person from destructive impulses of envy, resentment, greed, and bitterness. This is scientific, the leading researcher is talking about the, the benefits of having a grateful attitude. Another study concluded this, one of the consistent findings in the research was the value of keeping a gratitude journal. Researchers have found that people who write down three things they're grateful for every night or even a few times a week, get this, improve their well-being and lower their risk for depression. The results have been repeated over and over again. Keeping a gratitude journal can even dramatically improve your ability to get a good night's sleep. Now, I read that. And you know what I started doing? Started going to bed and saying, you know what? I got all day, I can pray for all these needs, but before I go to bed, I'm gonna go to bed thinking about things that I am thankful for. And you know what? Something amazing happened. I started sleeping better. I started going to sleep faster. I started sleeping better, not waking up four or five times in the middle of the night, not feeling like I had just drifted off to sleep only to have my mind brought back to life by some other request that just needed prayer right in that second. All of a sudden, like I'm thinking, God, it may be simple things. I got to spend yesterday with my family. First day all week, I just got to be at home. So you know what I thank God for that night? I say, God, thank you for, it was, and it was silly things. God, thank you I could buy my kids a $20 swimming pool. Thank you that that $20 swimming pool brought so much joy. My kids played in that all afternoon. Just little things that you are thankful for. I'm not talking about Sunday school. Oh, Lord, I thank thee for thy redemption and I'm not it just be simple things that you're grateful for and you acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from the father above that God all good things I have in my life I got a good spouse that's a gift from you if I got a good job it's a gift from you if I got a good house if I got a house that's a that's good and that's a gift from you all these things come from the Lord and this and it, but there's this this secular scientific research that is pointing us and driving home the biblical truth that we need to have a spirit of gratitude. And that if we'll do that, it benefits all of us. So we talked about this theology, that it's in the Bible to be grateful. We talked about the psychology, how it affects us mentally. 
But then there's also this, this methodology, a fancy word for saying, you know, methods of gratitude. You know, I can't help but to think how funny it is that researchers are spending billions of dollars to discover a truth that God had already revealed in his word. Think about that. Billions with a B of dollars are being spent every year researching a topic that God already speaks about in his word. He says, look, be grateful. Fill your hearts with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with thanksgiving or in, in, his, in, his, in his house with praise, you know, David writes or something along the lines of that. There's songs we sing about, I will enter his, how's that go? His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. We sing songs like that. And so it's in his word, but as it relates to gratitude, here's the thing. Secular researchers run into an impassable roadblock. To whom are we thankful? I mean, it's one thing to, to, to acknowledge when someone blesses you and you know, someone does something nice for you, they buy you a gift card or they buy you some coffee to which you have a person you can point to and say, thank you so-and-so for this cup of coffee. But what about all the blessings that can't be credited to friends, to family, to coworkers, to church members, what about things that, that we can't attribute to a, to a person? What about, what about the wonders of creation and nature? You ever just looked at a, a sunset and say, God, I remember one like, a couple weeks ago, we were, I was walking through the bedroom and I looked out our windows and, and, and our, our bedroom and, and, and our, our windows, you can, you can look west through our windows. And I remember looking out there and the colors stopped me in my tracks. Now, I'm not an artistic person, you know, so it wasn't anything like, you know, but that, that the colors, the pinks and the purples and the hues and, and all the, di- and I just, like, I was literally, I walked and I just stopped and I'm like, I, I told Ashley, I said, baby, you gotta come look at this. Like, this is a, and it was just gorgeous. But stop and think about the things that we get to see with our own eyes. You got families going on vacation. We had families at the beach last week. We had people in the mountains last week. You got vacations planned. Stop and appreciate the beauty of the things that you're taking in with your eyes and the wonder of creation that God created those things and that we get to enjoy them. And just say, God, I, I thank you for this. Thank you that I get to see this mountain or this ocean or this beach or I get to relax to the sounds of the waves lapping on the waters. But who do we, you know, but, but here's the thing, secular researchers, they can't say, but they're like, well, who do we thank for that kind of stuff? What about the fact that we live on a planet that is just right for the sustainment of life? That one more molecule of this or one less molecule of that, and all of a sudden this world is uninhabitable. That we are just the right distance away from the sun to be warm, but also to not burn up that we're not too far away from it, that we're freezing. I mean, there are little things like that, that there are, or, or the, the unexplainable things, like we chalk them up to coincidence. But what about the, the, the sovereignty and the providence of God that he just brings a blessing into your life? And it wasn't necessarily a person. Maybe it was just an, an opportunity or a circumstance. Secular researchers can't, can't point to anything do we think some impersonal being, someone that doesn't exist, a figment of our imagination? Do we, do we thank karma? Well, karma's not a, a person. As a, you, can't thank a, you, know, you can't thank a concept. 
And as we think about that, think about how wonderful the phrase is, thank you, Lord. Think about how wonderful that phrase is that we get to utter those words. That we get to sing songs like, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Thank you. We get to utter those words that when something good happens, we don't go, well, who do I thank for this? I go, man, I, I, get, to, I get to thank God for it. And, there, and, and so you, we just, and, and be reminded of that, that we can thank him. And the effects of this gratitude, this gratitude toward God are transcendent. In fact, let's read verse six. You have your Bible still open. If you don't, close your eyes and just listen. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And it said, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So this peace that is greater than anything this world has to offer, greater than anything we can, which is gonna be so great that we're like, I can't even express the greatness of this peace of God. He says this peace of God uh, will, will uh, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? It will guard, it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Why is this, an, why, why are all these things this antidote or this vaccine against worry? Because when we practice these things, that the peace of God replaces our worry, replaces our anxiety, replaces our fears, and a peace comes over us. Why? Because God can do anything. I don't have to be worried about a single thing. God is in control. He'll take care of it. And so I do what God, I, I talked about, I talked to a guy this past week, had a great conversation. Matter of fact, it was Bob Thomas. We, he, I, I, he had called and we were chatting and he said this, he said, you know, I believe God can move mountains, but he wants us to pick up some rocks. And you know what he means by that? God will do the work, but listen, he's got a role for you and I to play in it. We want the easy way. God, give me a grateful heart, and then we want, to just, we just want to, it just to overcome us. But it is something. That's why Paul says later on, he says, put, it, put, put these things into practice. That's why we've been calling them the practice of gratitude, the practice of nearness, the practice of gentleness, the practice of rejoicing, because they are things we have to put into practice. We have to determine to do that. God gives us the grace to, God gives us the grace to acknowledge where we may be failing, where we may be weak. He's given us his word to reveal these things to us. But listen, at some point when it comes down to brass tacks, you and I actually have to do some work. We have to pick up some rocks, so to speak. And so we, we remind ourselves and we put into practice this, this attitude or this practice of, of gratitude. So how can we cultivate a spirit of, of thanksgiving that results in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? Let me give you a quick list of things. You jot a few of these down as we leave here this morning. One, keep a thanksgiving list. Write down things that you're thankful for. Before you fall asleep at night, try this. Thank God for three things that happened during the day. This third one's similar to the first one. Keep a thanksgiving journal where you're not just making a list, but write down, maybe write down how God moved and why you're thankful for that. Write down what God did. That, that when, when, when worry and concern and other things begin to sweep, I turn back to that journal. I'm reminded how I felt in this moment and I'm reminded what exactly God did 
in the moment. Or I'm reminded of a, or I write down a scripture that I read that helped ease those burdens. But keep a journal. Give thanks at meals. Like that's so simple to just bow your head and just pray and thank God for the meal that you're about to, you're about to eat. Whenever you encounter a disappointment or a disaster, try to specifically locate and list items for which you can be thankful for, even in the midst of the problem. I didn't do that with a refrigerator. I should have, but I didn't. And so for us, it's in the moment of, of crisis and, and, and trouble, say, you know what, God, there's something here that I can be thankful for. Even in the midst of this thing, what does the Bible tell us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The next one is this, express your gratitude to other people. I'm not very good at that, but that's something this last week I have tried to do. Whether it's a pastor I was in a meeting this week or, or, or something, just, just express your gratitude to people. What are you thankful for in, in other people? And, and here's the deal. We can be grateful for something in everybody. Wednesday night, uh, a couple a week ago, Wednesday, like I just it was just a service, and, and before we kind of wrapped up, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go through. And that night, I I said something thankful about everybody that was in the service that night. I'd have said something about you if you'd have been there. Just saying, I'd have built you up. You'd have been encouraged. You're edifying the body. But I could go through here, I, right now, I could go through here and name every person in here, and I could give you something that I'm, I'm grateful for in you. Individually, as couples, as families, it wouldn't make any difference. But I can do that, but here's what, I, sometimes I just fail to do it. Like, I just don't do it. But I need to. I ought to. And you should too. So be grateful. Show your gratitude to other people. Uh, going on, uh, read books on gratitude. Find, find a good book and, and read it on, on gratitude. Sing Thanksgiving songs and hymns. You want to find one, you know, and you don't know one, why, borrow a hymnal. They're the red things in the pew in front of you. Okay? Some of you may not have ever seen one, but that's what those are. They're right next to the Bible. But take those home, and there's a topical index in the back of that thing. You want to find songs of thanksgiving? Or maybe you don't know the song. I guarantee it. Uh, I may know it. Ashley knows like every hymn in there. And so you want to know what it sounds like and how it sings, then you just come and talk to her, and she'll sing it to you over the phone, and you can let your heart be glad. Why? There's something special about music. That's why we sing on Sunday mornings. not because everybody does it. It's because there's something special about it. So learn to sing Thanksgiving songs and, and, and hymns and, and sing, find a place and, and sing it out loud. Sing it out loud. It doesn't matter. Like it, no, they didn't, you're not singing for anybody else. You're singing for your own heart. And so sing. Memorize some Thanksgiving passages in the Bible. Psalms 100 is a good place to start. And then remember Philippians chapter four, verse six. Memorize that. It's not a hard one. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your, make your requests known to God. So write that down. Put it on an index card. Write it down. Here's something the teens are doing. This is a fantastic idea. I don't know if Luke come up with it, but we'll give him credit for it. He said, he said what we've done is we've typed out our memory verse. The memory verse that we're working on, we typed it out. We took a picture of it and we made it the screensaver on our phones that every time we look at our phones, that scripture's hitting our eyes. Is that not a fantastic idea? So write something down, type it up, print it up, and make it skinny so that it can fit on them gigantic phones we've got now. 
But you can hit it, and every time, we look at our phones 800 times a day. Anytime you look at, some of you don't even wear a watch anymore, just look at your phone. Keep that scripture there, and then have that reminder, reminder of that. And, and so, we're going to close tonight. I'm, I just want to read Philippians, or tonight, this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. I'm going to read it in a little different translation. It's the New Living. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Would you stand and pray? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning.